Yeah. All right, Slee, let's just kind of jump right into this because Chris is doing what Chris does, and I get that. That's fine. I, I, I understand it. Nobody in their right mind thinks that this is a sweep, right? I understand that Denver won the game one, but watching that game, the only thing it confirmed is is that this is going to be a seven-game series and that all of these games are going to be very, very close. There's not a person alive that really thinks that the Nuggets are going to win four in a row. I'm not um, nuts, right? No, it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of what Chris does, right? Chris wants the – I like when he says the hope and the fear and kind of <laughs> having these – these two wars collide. Like I could come on here and say, like you did too, right? Hey guys, you know what? I think we're okay for game two. I, I like where we're looking. Oh, not Chris Morales. Chris Morales is looking at it a lot different. A lot different. A lot different and a lot wrong. <laughs> right? I mean, they, 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 the Lakers actually played really well for about a half defensively. Mm-hmm. Played really well off, kind of all night. They, they didn't have a moment offensively, you know, maybe with the exception of LeBron launching that three, where you thought that the offense wasn't doing what they were doing. They just couldn't make up any ground until they finally got Hachimura on Jokic along the way. But the only thing I left in that series after the game ended last night was the Lakers are fine. They're, they're in a good spot. This is going to be a six or a seven-game series. I still think it's going to be a seven-game series. And the Lakers really need to win game two. That that that. It's a new thing that they have not had to do in the postseason this year, which is you got to get a split on the road. Well, they took that off of their plate on the opening game in both of the first two rounds. Now it's a if we don't win tomorrow night in Denver, now you're asking something that is probably unlikely to happen, which is win four of the next five, and only three of them are in your own building. Well, I think a lot of times when you when you got matchups in any sport, I think the goal is always are we going to get you to play our style or are we going to play your style? Last night, the Denver Nuggets, the Lakers had to play Denver style. But all these offensive stats that you're talking about, Trav, that, man, I don't know. how they Are they really going to shoot 88% from the free throw line? Or, 89. damn, they made this many threes. Wow, 46%. Austin Reeves delivered. Rui delivered. AD had 40. We haven't even talked about AD having 40. Braun almost had a triple-double. But that's not the Los Angeles Lakers. Last night, that's the way the Lakers played yesterday – is not why the Lakers are sitting in the Western Conference Finals. The way the Warriors or the the Nuggets played yesterday is why they're there. They they scored 132 points. They had six guys in double figures. They had every one of their guys other than Aaron Gordon um, shoot 50% or better of the six guys that scored in double figures. Mm-hmm. So so I, I think to kind of play off of your point that you know listen anytime. You're down one nothing in a series. The chance of falling 0-2. People can say, "Oh well, it's you know the series doesn't start until a road team wins a game." I get that. I understand it. Uh, but at the same time, I thought last night it was the Lakers would beat the Warriors when they would score 101 points. They wouldn't beat them when they would score 130. And that's what happened yesterday with the Lakers. The best offense in the NBA put up 132. Yeah, no, they got to be better defensively for sure. I just thought that they might be able to steal one because they had an offensive performance that was so out of line with what they typically do. Right? That because it's one thing to have a little bit of a regression defensively, but they more than made up for the difference, I think, in their offensive production last night. You're right. This isn't how they go about winning games. They're not going to win games playing in the high 120s and 30s. That's not how they're built. But they did get into the high 120s. You know what I mean? Like that, that, was, that was the part that was interesting to me. You mentioned AD. 
I think we've also kind of moved into, I don't know if it's AD 2.0, it's AD like 1.6, maybe 1.65, which is I expect him to be good again tomorrow night. I, I, I have, I, I'm done with the on-off thing and because not that he can't have a game where he could turn around and go from 40 down to 23 or 24. That's okay. But those games where he has 12 or 13 on the other end where he's completely irrelevant offensively, I don't think we're going to get that again. I think that he's going to give you – maybe it's not the 40-point, the 40-10, the 3-3-3 that he had last night – but I'm very confident that Anthony Davis is going to be an impactful player on offense in game two because he has to be. That Last night, the, something happened for the first time. Anthony Davis had a monster game in the playoffs and the Lakers lost. Mm. It's, it's the first time that's happened. That when he's been like that offensively, the Lakers have won all of those playoff games until last night. Yeah, there's um, – and it wasn't just him, right? I, I think Anthony Davis certainly set a tone, but offensively for the Lakers kind of got what they wanted. Yeah. Um, plenty of possessions where it felt like, all right, I could see how. I, I let me use it as an example. Rui Hachimura, I think, went eight of eleven again, something like that. I mean, his shooting percentage is very, very high percentage. Um, Austin Reeves started out slow, and then he ended up shooting fifty percent from the field. That a lot of the offense that the Lakers had, you're right. It, it's not that's not common practice to be that efficient and that good the way the Lakers were. Um, I thought, you know, it's. It's interesting. Post game, so I'm doing the post game show, and um, I'm facing the court. So it's just me and eleven other people who are cleaning. So there's nobody, you know, obviously in there. And um, did you offer to help? I, I might as well. <laughs> I might as well. But they, uh, D'Lo comes out. D'Angelo Russell comes out. Uh, this is after the game. So he's out there. I think. I think at one point Beasley was out there as well. Anyways, D'Lo's taking some shots. I took some video, I put it up there. I'm like, hey, D'Lo's out here working out post-game. And the first thing people started saying, which I thought was kind of funny but also true at the same time, it's like he shouldn't be working on a shot. He should be working on his defense. Yeah. I'm like, all right, what do you want the guy to do? You want him to just slide defensively post-game with nobody there from one baseline to the other? Maybe. All right. <laughs> By the way, maybe. Um, and I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm going to change topics a little bit here because I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, D'Lo did not have a good game. But I, I don't think, at least for me, I'm not expecting D'Angelo Russell to have a good game every game. I'm just not. I think he's you know shown that he's been very impactful at times. And then there's also games where you might go a game or two where you don't really – you don't notice his presence. And, and he's notice. a defensive liability. Not and, just he's not making shots, but he's getting killed on the other end of the court. So I didn't notice his presence really yesterday. Let's put it that way. And I think that, that game describes it. He had eight points. I, I'm curious what they do for game two. And this is what I'm curious about. Does D'Lo get less time in this series because of what you just said, right? He's a liability on the defensive side. Do you want more defense in that lineup or do you want more offense in that lineup? Oh, defense for sure. Okay. So with with that being said, um, Dave McMenamin had an article this morning that I thought was really, really interesting. He said – I'm going to read it because I want to – I want to make sure that I have it right here. He says, multiple team sources told ESPN that there's concern the team could lose the 27-year-old point guard if he views the adjustment as a demotion after starting every other game in the postseason. What they're talking about is if you take D'Lo out of the starting lineup, does that hurt you big picture because D'Angelo Russell is going to be you know, a point guard um, or I'm sorry, going to be a free agent this, uh, this offseason? That really stuck to me for a quick second, okay? 
And I'll tell you what, what stuck to me. I think the only thing I care about, and I'm sure the only thing you care about, and I'm sure the only thing Laker fans care about, and I'm sure the only thing the front office really cares about right now. When? How do you get past the Denver Nuggets? <laughs> right. How do you get past the Denver Nuggets? And if that meant, you know what, we like Dennis Schroeder starting because he's more, he's a better defensive player. He's got more Reeves, dog in him. Reeves is your two. And then uh, Rui, Rui and LeBron, let's just use that as an example. Maybe they use Rui in the starting lineup. Maybe they don't. But it's going to be a big. It's either going to be Jared Vanderbilt or yep. it's going to be Rui. And then you go Anthony Davis. When I read that, I, I don't know what your initial thoughts are. My initial thoughts are, yeah, that doesn't matter, and I really genuinely don't care if that affected in the offseason. Yeah, yes, cosign. I'm, I'm, I don't care about his feelings. If he checks out because he gets his feelings twisted up, okay. Look, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. When you're on a new team every couple of years, you're a certain type of guy. You are. You're you're a certain type of guy. You're you're not about the team. You're about you. And and if he does react the way that you just laid out, Slee, I think that that will be borne out again. You need to kind of keep him in it to a point where because. If he's hot, he's a difference maker. He when, when when he, when he gets going, he's somebody that you have to account for. They need that offense from him. But if he just says, "Well, I'm a starter, and I don't like not starting, and I'm going to pout or whatever it may be, or or I'm going to look for somewhere else to go at the end of the season," but they keep winning, then who cares, right? That 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 the Lakers will have had a championship. The Lakers will have made the moves that they needed to make to win a championship. And I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is. 100% essential to them accomplishing that goal. They, 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 they're they going to need him to have some shots once in a while, but if, if he checks out, okay, I still think that the Lakers have a chance to do sort of some of these things. And if he doesn't want to be here a long time, I'm going to sleep just fine at night if D'Angelo Russell goes to his, what, a fifth different team in his eight-year NBA career. I'm okay with that. There, there, there's a reason that you bounce around like that, and it's because of – look, I'm not, we're not even saying that he's going to do this, but just the mere suggestion that he might, I think, tells you the type of competitor that we're talking about. No one's suggesting that LeBron James, if he doesn't get what he wants, is going to – quit or if Rui Hachimura is in or out of the starting lineup that he's going to care less or more and start talking about free it's just there are certain type of guys is like hey you understand if this guy gets his feelings in a certain way we're going to lose him and yeah that's fine if, if he's that type of guy I'm okay with losing him that's okay I, it almost makes me want to see that tomorrow that makes You're me right more about in, that. that I'm not kidding that makes me more inclined to say okay cool well um, and you're not doing it for that. You're doing it because you feel like that gives you a better chance to win. Yeah. That's it. That's the only thing that you're paying attention to. And if there's one thing, you know, we've complimented this Lakers team for so far, Darvin Ham doesn't look like he's playing favorites. Darvin Ham is saying <laughs> it's the opposite, right? Which is refreshing because I think a lot of times in sports – there's too much of that coach has a relationship with this player, which is why he's getting the PT. And I don't think Darvin Ham has any of that. Um, he rides you, the hot hands. He does. Yeah. And, and, and there's also, this isn't the best example, but Rui wasn't getting opportunities against the Golden State Warriors like he was against Memphis. And then yesterday he's in that lineup and he's a key piece. That, that, that's how quick things can change. Lonnie Walker sat the pine for how long, got an opportunity – and we don't know if Lonnie Walker's going to get a ton of opportunities in the series, but that just kind of comes with the territory. But I, I thought that was an interesting wrinkle from yesterday. Lonnie Walker's a great point. Lonnie Walker was a, he was a D starter. DNP for the entire postseason right up until he went in there, and he went off, and he was ready to go. It wasn't like, well, I used to be a starter before he made his <laughs> It's like, I'm sure he was pissed. 
Was that I'm, Aaron I'm, Judge or was that it was, Aaron Judge? There was a very that was my for not Judge. Lonnie Walker. That was that was <laughs> that was not Lonnie Walker. And, and when he when they said, "Hey, listen, we need you," he was ready to go. That's that's what we're talking about. That's the difference. And by the way, hopefully it doesn't happen. The fact that it's even suggested, I think, speaks to how people perceive him, and their perception is something that you earn over time, right? That that if if you're the sort of guy that what did, this was I forget what game it was so you might remember more specifically remember when the question was asked about being a point guard and he was like, I'm not a point guard it's like yeah, dude why, it's why, why, why are we doing that right now why why are we why are we why are we deciding that now's the time to relitigate that ridiculous conversation like now we're trying to get into the playoffs and now is the time well I'm a star who cares go make shots Move your feet on defense. Stop getting torched by Jamal Murray. Let's let, let's worry about that. We can worry about your feelings and your money at the end of the season. Emily, I have a question for you. You have on here, and I saw it this morning, and the only thing I could think of is what I posted yesterday. Was that J.J. Reddick thing at my video? It I had to admit. It feels like it's late. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm not – Trav, do you, I, I don't know if you know. I, I literally just saw it this morning, but l- all I did – was take video of D'Lo shooting yesterday post game, put it up on Twitter, and say D'Lo shooting post game was four for four for eleven, and I left it at that. And I think, and I, I'm pretty sure it was, but I don't really know the reasoning behind it. JJ Reddick puts out, um, "Can we stop posting videos of players shooting after a game?" Okay, <laughs> whether it was mine or somebody else, whatever it, it was, was aggregated. But, it was like it, it was not just like the Alan Silva video. Sliwa was not tagged in the video. It right? was no. might as well was have out been. there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying the concept. I'm saying the concept of posting or the concept of not liking people posting videos of players after the game. I've never heard of that. What's what's kind of the is there a rule there that 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 shouldn't be done? No, I don't. I think it, if I'm guessing here, I don't think I, it's I'm a guessing. rule thing. I think it's just a, yeah, we get it. He had a bad night and he's trying to fix it. We this is it's, my guess is is that Reddick saying this is something that happens all the time. We don't need to show the guy that had a bad night trying to rediscover his stroke. This happens after every NBA game all season long. That was my interpretation of the comment. I guess I'll stop putting pregame videos of people warming up. Too. Don't sleep. Don't stop. No, don't just listen say, to him. Just well, tag JJ stop. next time. JJ dot dot. Now that's like a that good idea. idea. Tagging oh, JJ is a good idea. <laughs> All right, Dodgers and the Twins getting ready to go. Dustin May on the mound tonight or this afternoon. Will we see Walker Bueller this season? He says maybe. I say hold on a second. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So I mentioned my friend earlier, the one that would uh, text me smack when uh, the Denver teams would play LA, even though she doesn't watch any sports. But I uh, knew, Al, that you're going to go to the Rocky game today. And so I was like, hey, is there anything that's kind of cool about... Course field that maybe we could talk about or that Al should check out. So she was like, I don't really know, but there's like, there's a line, and I, you might know this too, but there's a one section, one row that's all painted purple, and that's the, that would signifies a mile high. And so that's kind of cool. Maybe you could ch- check that out. But she also said, Stay below the line, Al. You're, yeah, you're, you you need line. an oxygen tank to go above <laughs> the purple seats. <laughs> she also said that the Rockies mascot looks like a mix between Barney mixed with a cosmic brownie. The, this mascot is called dinger and once you know that description go look up i know barney what's a what cosmic what so a cosmic brownie is those like brown the the brownies that come in the package and they have little like pebbles of like i think it's candy. little debbie I think. yeah little debbie okay. yeah look it up because you probably know what i'm talking about you just don't know that it was called that but once you see that you can't unsee that that thing is that yeah it's a purple dinosaur oh yeah uh, okay yeah this is uh yeah, yeah, listen. I'm not a mascot guy. That's fine. Let people do it. Go take actually, a with Dinger. I, actually, I, I will say Rocky, the Nuggets mascot. He's awesome. I mean, he he's. I, we don't we, we don't really kind of. I, at least I don't really care for mascots in general. He's well, awesome. Because LA doesn't really have mascots in the same way. It's when, not when a you, cow town. When you get <laughs> it, okay. it's, 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 no, no, seriously, it's that's we don't do that here. Right? When you it's get it right, how we do it. Look, when you, look at the look who does it. It's the Clippers. Sure, right? Well, no, but, the, but here's that, that's a perfect that's a perfect example. That's yeah. a perfect example. When you get it right, they're they're really good. But ninety percent of the time, you get it wrong, and you just look at it like, what are we doing here? And I think the Clippers one is a good example. So Philadelphia has by far the, the best mascot. Great. They He's have great. the fanatic. They have yep. uh, gritty, and then they have uh, the. I don't is know. gritty the Flyers? Gritty's the Flyers, and yeah. he's by the gorilla I think for the Phoenix Suns, yeah. the coyote for the uh, San Antonio. Sports. You're There's leaving off the one there. that I always, am, I, I, I literally have been laying out waiting for the you chicken. to fix it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There yeah. we go. The San Diego Chicken is the godfather of all the mascots. The, he's the guy. There's also the BYU Cougar who's good. There's the Nittany Lion. There are some stuff in like college that play more into the mascots. I think mascots can be good college if executed is a totally right. different animal. That, literally and figuratively, right? It's that that is appropriate for that. Like SC has Traveler, right? That, that's cool. That's fine. Pro sports in real towns can just you know put a good team on the court. I think that's fine. Okay. Loaded up with Denzel Washington Dinger. and DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson. That's fine. Those can be our mascots. We don't I'm looking need for I'm looking for Dinger right out the gate brownie. right when I get there. <laughs> that cosmic brownie looks pretty good. Now now I kinda want one of those. Have those always been called that, Emily? Uh yeah. As long as I've been around and eating them. I remember I had them always in when I went to babysitting. They look pretty good. All right, Slee. Um I want to play this for you. This is Walker Bueller who is rehabbing from not his first, but rather his second Tommy John surgery. Says that he could be ready to go by the end of August. September first is a goal of his. I don't think anything has happened that would that tell me like that that's not an achievable goal. Obviously we've got a lot of a lot of talented players and a really good team, and, and I'm going to try and contribute any way I can. Okay. A, it's pretty remarkable that the Dodgers have put together the best record in the National League 
despite him not being here, despite Incredible. Tyler Anderson leaving, Incredible. despite Trey Turner leaving, that Gavin Lux is hurt, that Justin uh, Justin Turner is gone. Uh, you've got uh, Trey Turner leaves. Cody Bellinger is non-tendered. Like they turned over. Incredible. A, and and they still have the best team. Walker Bueller being added back to this team towards the end of the season. Sure, you, you have my attention. But here, here's what I'm worried about. September 1st would be really fast for this particular recovery. That We were talking about Bryce Harper. Okay, Bryce Harper's going to DH and play right field. Walker Bueller is a pitcher. Okay, it's a totally different animal. This would be on the very tight side of earliest possible return. I don't like that. They're very, very likely to lose Julio at the end of this season, I believe. I think that Julio is more likely to be on a different team than he is to the Dodgers. You can't afford to try to push Bueller to try to say, okay, look, this is the best-case scenario. Let's put him out there and see what happens and potentially risk pushing that further into next season. You're going to need Walker Bueller next year because Julio is likely to be gone. I understand that he's on track. He's throwing bullpens. He looks good, et cetera, et cetera. This is all good news. But you cannot be too cautious with a guy who's going to be a big part of what you're doing next year when you already have a lot of options in your rotation right now. So I'll ask you this, and for an organization that is responsible, an organization that has certainly um, made the right calls from a, you know on the field, off the field, injury, uh, all that stuff. I mean, they, they've done a really good job. They're not perfect, but they've done a pretty damn good job. Are you concerned? I'm trying to figure out. Would you be concerned that they would let Bueller back? I I don't I don't I, I know feel like asking. they would I get, allow him to, to come back too early. They, they have been on the right side of these decisions way more than they've been on the wrong side, right? That's what you're getting at. So if they feel they're comfortable with it, I should feel comfortable with it. That's what you're getting at. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I'm talking from a medical standpoint, right? If this is this is an injury that is roughly a 14 to 18 month recovery. Okay, that's kind of where most of these guys fall in. The beginning of September is like a 12 or a 13 month rec- timeline from when he got his his elbow repaired. That's really early. Not that the Dodgers would do anything reckless. I'm just saying if the the average time for this is somewhere between 14 to 18 months and we're at 12 we sure we want to, even if you feel great, are we sure this is a good idea? Not that it's impossible, but let's really think about this. And now I'm sure where they are, what the pitching staff looks like, how well you could stretch him out. Do you, do you use him for an inning here or there? He's going to throw an inning here or there in a bullpen uh, on the side anyway, I guess. But, the, and I don't want to say you just throw Julio till his arm falls off because that's a terrible idea. But the decisions you make with Julio, I think, are very different than the decisions you're going to make with Bueller, just based on who's going to be here next year. I don't. Maybe Julio will. Maybe he won't. I don't think he's going to be back. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I think there's some hard feelings there. Bueller's going to be on this team next year. You might as well have him as healthy as he could possibly be. Now, if it means winning the World Series and, and going for it and he's part of it, all right. When we get there, we get there. But I don't know if I want to make a goal like this is the spot we're doing and we're shooting for and we're going to try to make heaven and earth move to get it done. I'm going to be very careful with the dude. I I think the Dodgers have – I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt on this one. If there's a – if Walker Bueller came back September 1st, I think it's because it has nothing to do where the Dodgers are positioning. It has nothing to do with the Dodgers' playoff run. It has nothing to do with what the rest of the rotation is doing. Mm. It has nothing to do with Mm. if – 
if they're missing something from that rotation, I would imagine because of all the reasons you just said, because of how important Walker Buehler is going to be for next season, that I don't think they would risk um, bringing him back too early. Be a great I, test, right? I, they, they, if they, let's say Kershaw's down again, which is not totally out of the question, that Gonsolin falls off, that May isn't quite as effective three months from now as he is now, but you're still right there, and he's saying, guys, I feel like a million bucks. Let's go. Eh, you're probably but, right. But, but, but Trav, if he feels like a million bucks and he's ready to go September 1st and he's passed everything that he needs to pass – then are like, what? What are you waiting for? Then if it's, I know we could look at the normal a time to go by for an injury like this. That's what I'd be waiting for. Mm-hmm. Just, just that. If the, if you're telling me that guys that have this done, it takes them a year and change. Then I'm, I'm going to need to change, Lee. Well, <laughs> I need to change. Can I? Can I? Can I mention someone else? Some that you said about Julio, and I know you're not saying it directly about Julio. But I think this makes me think back to probably why Julio won't be on this team. I is because couldn't agree more. Again, it's more of the who's your priority? Who are you accommodating for? And I think there's been enough of those situations where Julio probably doesn't feel like he not probably he has not been the priority. And it's not that they're trying to go out of their way and disrespect him, but I think there's been plenty of times where he's felt disrespected. And he's not wrong. <laughs> That's the like I. I understand these hurt feelings, right? The, the hurt feelings we were talking about with D'Angelo a few minutes ago. Like, I don't quite get that. I get why Julio's like, seriously? This is uh, – all right. Like, he he has a case for why his feelings being out of joint are reasonable. That I'm the guy that came in in the fourth inning of a closeout game, that you're going to do that to – I didn't see asking Clayton Kershaw to do that. I didn't see you asking anybody else to do this. You wouldn't need me to pitch three innings out of the bullpen to close the World Series. Yeah, I'll do it. But, I mean, why are we not asking other guys? I, I get where he would have a memory for those sorts of things, that you treated me differently than you treated these other guys. Okay, I'm just going to file that away, and we can go from there. He's going to be on another team. I hope. I, I've never wanted to be as wrong about anything. He's going to pitch for a different team next year. Somebody's going to give him one of those crazy deals with an opt-out. The Dodgers aren't going to get anywhere near Angels. it. He's going to go somewhere else. And, yes, Angels, Emily, is a strong possibility. How how nervous are you about the one-game losing streak? <laughs> Terrible. They got the bases loaded right now, so we'll, we'll, see. we'll see what happens coming up here in a bit. But it was funny. I'm watching the game last night. I'm trying to think, hey, what can I talk about tomorrow? I'm like, nothing. They're fine. They just lost. They lost to a first-place team. It's fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. When Ben Yama, of course he's going to San Antonio. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, Poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. How do you not like in and out Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I understand that... Her excuse from being from the Midwest, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't add up, because I'm also from the Midwest, and I love in and out Same. If you are open-minded and you're not just clinging to the things that you knew as a kid it's pretty hard to beat you can like taco john's and you know in and out it's possible <laughs> i can't right. even say in and out i'm excited for taco john's i need to where's the closest taco john somebody look that up for i me. think it's denver yeah oh, well slee that's on you <laughs> you're gonna have to be my my mule to get to get taco john's back into southern california i'm gonna go to tj maxx and get another suitcase <laughs> i'm just gonna just fill it up fill it up what, what are the potatoes called what did you say they the are? Hash browns? The potato potato olays. Yeah, get the potato olays. Too, Six pack so. and a pound. You can eat it by yourself or with a friend. A pound of potatoes seems. I, I don't know if they weigh them or not, but I would hope so. Yeah, that's that that's too much. Um, little bit of a Dodger note here, really quickly. Dustin May started for the Dodgers, pitched the first inning, and has already left the game. Uh, Dylan Covey is now in. They somebody that they just recalled from AAA. Uh, is in the game in the second inning. Dustin May, of course, is coming back from an arm injury last season. Um, it pitched a little bit last year. It's pitched very well so far for the Dodgers this year, but that he left after one inning. Didn't give up any runs. It's not like he got knocked out of the game. Still waiting to find out exactly what the explanation for him leaving the game is, Al, but Dustin May leaving after one inning. Maybe it's a, like a Cindergard thing. He had a blister. It could be something as simple as that or – Maybe something else, and hope, hopefully not something else. Well, listen, he's been uh, he's been electric. He's been fantastic this year. So I, I think right out the gate, without getting any detail, it is <clears throat> very normal to jump to conclusion. It's very normal to be well, what you take him out of the first inning or after the first inning. Well, there's got to be some reason there. Um, he has been. You know, it's funny. We 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 spent some time, so much time talking about some of these other players. And maybe this is just part of a 162-game grind. I don't know how much we've really spent that much time talking about how good Dustin May has been so far this year, um, but he's been awesome. He's been really just incredible. Everybody's always talking about he's got such great stuff, but does he have control of it? It seems like this year he's got much better control of what he's been able to do. Yeah, he's been good. His numbers have been really good. It's it's weird, like his – his measurables, right? The velocity, the spin rate, all of those sorts of things that the modern baseball analyst relies on have been down. Like his fastball velocity is down. His movement on his pitches is down. His ground ball rate is down. Like they're hitting the ball harder in the air more often against pitches that are not moving as much or as quickly, but his success rate is way up. It's, it's effective, it's, right? Yeah, it, and it, it's hard to understand how those two things go together, but that's exactly what's happening. But that he left in the first inning is uh, is a little bit of a surprise. Yates just walked in the door, Slee. So I know you can't see him right now. But I, I was Yates? hugely surprising. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, yeah, that's, Greg and I have talked about this on Blue Review a little bit for the plug, but as May, May is as important to that staff as anybody. Sure he is. In terms of what you're going to be able to try to do down the line, never mind in the playoffs. That, I mean, the look on my face right now probably tells it all. I'm like, whoa, Hope, I need more information. Hopefully it's a blister or, or something like that. Yeah. that. That goes away, and that's not a big deal. You just got to let it calm down, but – if it's not that, I don't know what it is. Suboptimal. And if this if this was a guy that had pitched year after year after year, you just go okay. Well, we'll wait and see. But coming back, Al, from what he was coming back from, your yeah. first and 
odd that we were just talking about Walker Bueller trying to sure. kind of push the envelope to come back. Don't love that either. I don't. I don't like it at all. But this is you know when you got an arm injury, Walker Bueller. This is his second TJ surgery. Uh, May is coming off of a year where he's been good, but the those metrics. Yeah, I mean, and, and 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 just in general, you you can't rely on dudes you want to call up from Oklahoma. Like these are top line guys that are falling left and right. If you want to be able to win games and win a division, they got to be there. That's what you banked on to start the season. Was there? And any- they're on a one game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> Fire everybody! Freeman, where's our guy? Doc right. needs to go. Yeah, Trav, where's our guy that can't run a Dairy Queen? Yeah, believe. <laughs> I think Dairy Queen. I hop for sure. Denny's for sure. I think a Wendy's was in there. Dairy can't run Queen. Run a Taco Joe's. <laughs> John's Taco John's. John's. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Anything less surprising than Victor Wenbenyama being a San Antonio no. Spur? I loved it though. By the way, whoever whoever in San Antonio had the great idea to pack a bar and say we'll pay for it if everybody gets the if they get the first pick, that was genius. Like I've never I've been to the draft lottery. Slee, let me tell you something. It ain't exciting. Okay, it is not exactly what we call a party atmosphere. Unless there's a dude like that that's gonna no, go number one. That's what one. I'm saying. And they did great with it. I love to see it. San Antonio, yeah. great job out of you getting people fired up. Two previous number one picks, Slee. Couple of guys named David Robinson and Tim Bust. Denton. And That's then they great. get Wembenyama, who by people that study this stuff, they say he's the best prospect since LeBron James is LeBron, yeah. in the league. Yeah, there was uh Clint, we were talking about it, and I think this is just comes with the territory, right? When you don't have a draft pick, Lakers are still playing, so in the Western Conference Finals, but we went through six years where it was basically Every single pick and the draft lottery, we're all sitting there. We're having, uh, we'd have get-togethers or broadcasts from Tom's Urban. I, I can't remember ESPN Zone, whichever one it was at the time. Yeah, but it was a really, really big deal. And then you got a player that there hasn't been more hype on uh, since LeBron, and he ends up Michael. I was telling uh, Yates, I was telling Trev, Michael Thompson's like anyone but the Spurs ends up with the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs are the team that. I've said this before, and I'll say it again quickly. I know we got to get out of here. They're like your cousin that does everything right, and your parents are like, be more like the Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs did their homework. The Spurs didn't make a mess in the kitchen. Curfew the Spurs are always home by the time they're supposed to be, and you're like, even losing, they do better than other franchises. It's right. unbelievable. Quick, quick update here. Um, Dustin May was removed from the game because of, quote, right elbow pain. So – Take that for what it's worth. That's not good. That's, that's terrible. Good. In yeah, fact, that's, that's not, not good. good. Oof. That is that is really bad. The elbow news. is where one gets the surgery. R- where he just had. The that's surgery. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and, and yikes. That's that's very Oof. bad news. Very quick before you uh, dip. Yeah. Yates. Aaron Judge was peeking at the first base coach for the sign, right? Okay, this I don't understand what the big controversy here is. Like, for those of you who don't know, when you're on a baseball field, you're allowed to look at the people on the field. Like, well, he I, wasn't looking at anybody on the field. Well, whatever. I mean, he's looking at his coach. <laughs> yeah. He's on the field. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, like that. The Blue Jays and Yankees really hate each other. They're out there BSing over where coach base coaches are standing. I've never seen someone attempt to do something clandestinely that was so obvious. <laughs> well, that, that's what was weird about. I just I feel like people don't understand if you're looking at your teammates or your coaches and they're trying to tell you something like that's part of the game. It's where the banging and the trash yeah. cans and the computers come in. If he's looking at his coach and his coach is telling him with whatever, whatever motion he's throwing the fastball, that's fair. If the coach is play. getting the signs out of the pitcher's glove, out of his hand, sure. out of the ke- picking the catcher, picking it from the dugout. That's fair game. That's on the Blue Jays for 
right. messing it up. But that instead of just saying, no, man, I wasn't looking at anything. It's like the explanation was. And then Boone's explanation of nothing went, nothing that went on was against the rules. It's like we had the signs picked. What do you want me yeah, to say? About I know it? it's it's a tricky situation, but that's one of those where like I'm definitely watching the next time those two teams play because something's going to happen. It's going to be fantastic. Slee's going to Reds Rockies in a few minutes. Really? All right, so it's uh they started about forty minutes ago, okay, and um, it's sold. I, I don't know what what capacity is for this game, but it's one hundred percent. It's sold out. So I'm just standing room only on the outside of. Course okay, Field. I will tell you one thing before I go. This is this because this is the kind of weirdo I am. The Colorado Rockies have the best graphics package in the major leagues on mm. their big video board. It's mm. fun. Like, go to the game, look at the board. They do cool better stuff, than the Padres cool with stats. their crying Kershaw. All right, <laughs> all right, guys. Let's. Uh, Keep them you, the would, you like right to, now. would you like to slot them number two now after being reminded of the That Kershaw was game? funny, but I remember seeing <laughs> Padres Royals 1 1, by the way, as far as this series goes so far. Slee wants to move off of the crying Kershaw. That, 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 that was, was awful. They look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> and then they lost five in a row to the Dodgers after that. <laughs> yeah, that well, that didn't help. Um, I'll be here Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, T Raj, you're gone on Friday, right? Don't worry about what I'm doing. Okay. T Raj is. <laughs> Okay, Travis. Secret agent. Wait, you got a family thing going on. It is. My dad's 75th birthday. There oh, you go. We're, nice. doing, we're doing a long weekend awesome. with the extended fam, and I'm I'm looking forward to it a great time. That's good. Okay. Cannot wait. Cannot I'm glad wait. to hear it. The but he's still, he's, we're going to call him every hour. <laughs> Wish Bob a happy birthday. He'll take your yeah. call very, very agreeably. The Dup, coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, now let's start with some uh, NBA news. And this is Adam Silver talking yesterday about the video that surfaced with John Morant, um, which looked like he was waving a gun in a car. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw this weekend that video. Now, we're in the process of investigating it, and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best we can then. It's, again, it's the video's a bit grainy and all that, but I'm assuming the worst, you know, and, but, but we'll, fi- we'll figure out, you know, exactly what happened there. So that's Silver saying, I was shocked that I, my immediate reaction was to assume the worst. And it wasn't just Adam Silver, like right up and down the line, from the Grizzlies to other NBA players, current players, former players, athletes in other sports, you get the benefit of the doubt once. You get the, hey, maybe you made the mistake. Hey, let's get them the help that they need. And then when it happens again right away and the commissioner is coming off the top rope like that, he's going to get absolutely hammered when it comes to suspension. Honestly, I was shocked. So there was um, – Adam Silvers probably spoke for a couple of minutes, and I listened to the whole thing. And when he said that, he had a one-on-one conversation with John Morant after the last incident. And – Basically, was like, hey, I, I felt like we had a really good understanding. I felt like they were basically walking away from this like, all right, hey, I don't think we're going to have to worry about this anymore from John Morant. So um, he was very, you know, I know we just heard a couple times he was shocked. I, I believe him, right? Like I, I think that J- Adam Silver is not trying to keep his stars 
off of the basketball floor. He's not trying to keep one of the more popular players in the NBA off the off the floor. Um, he's going to get served. Whatever that number is, it's not going to be – even when he said something like, hey, eight games is not nothing. We it's gave him eight nothing. games. It's 10% of the season. <laughs> and it did nothing to, to stop him from doing what he's doing. Jaw released a statement yesterday as well that reads, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there's more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. Fairly benign, right? That it's just kind of routine. I read a story this morning, Slane. I, I don't know if this is factually true, but some, somebody said that if you go to chat GPT and say, make me an apology and, and offer a prompt or two, that nearly this exact same thing comes up. So I, I, and I'm not saying that they use chat GPT. I'm just saying this is that's such a formulaic response yeah, to this that it doesn't fill you with a bunch of, you know what? Like, honestly, when, when you heard the first time it went down and he did the interview and he, I think it was with Jalen Rose that he did the interview with. And, and he talked about at the end of the season, like I realized that my actions adversely affected my team and I got to do better. You're like, all right, look, everybody can mess up everybody. And, and it, it's fine. And it happens. And you just hope to move forward and not make the exact same mistake and sure as hell not make the exact same mistake, you know, a month later, and that's exactly what he did. I don't think there's anything you can say at this point that's going to be anything other than, yeah, just get ready to sit out for a very long time. When somebody does something and you try to give them a chance, and when they do the same thing again, whatever they say doesn't – the only thing I took away from the statement, my words may not mean much right now. I'm like, no, that's exactly yeah. – the, <laughs> the entire break. statement <laughs> means nothing right now. It doesn't. It, it's just for those reasons alone. Did you ever get around to seeing What About Bob? Because it came out on this day in 2001, the Richard Dreyfus Bill Murray movie. I did not see it. Yeah. Did not see it. You should add it to your list. It's, it's pretty funny. If you like Bill Murray – you will like that movie. Um, what did you, when did you say it came out? Early nineties. Oh one. Oh one. Okay. I, by the way, I like that. I like that. I, I like something twenty years ago. I'm okay with that. So okay, I got to come around and see it. I, Bill Murray doing Bill Murray things is always fantastic, and this is this is some high level Bill Murray being obnoxious and weird and everything else. Put it on your list, Lee. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you one here real quick. I'm gonna get okay. your thoughts on it. Remember how we talked about the Blazers, and you were like, "Hey, I'd love for them to get Wembenyama and, sure. and and see what they do from there." Um, Chris Haynes, this is from Chris Haynes. Blazers intend to trade their number three overall pick in the NBA draft to try and build a championship team around Damian Lillard. For mm. sure, guys. Yeah, for Good sure, luck. guys. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. That that I don't know what to tell you, I, man. How ballpark Lillard's what 32 three something like that tell you in two seconds yeah that, that he feels like he's in his early 30s and he is still a very bad dude in the NBA but deciding to run it back with him again and trading away the future of the team feels very very risky as good as Lillard is Lillard needs to go somewhere else you don't need to try to put different things yes. around him he yes. needs to go join a team that's a yes. player away and Damian Lillard's the difference Yes. Everything you just said. If Dame was in Philly and he's playing with Joel Embiid, if yeah, that's uh, if if in a couple years LeBron retired and Damian Lillard's playing with Anthony Davis, like you he Here needs to be with somebody else with a team. I, I it's not going to happen in Portland. NBA draft picks too. Like just just pick pick any draft you want. There's as many guys that are not good as oh, there yeah. are that are. Probably more, right? And some of the guys are going to – somebody's going to get picked 14th in this draft 
that's going to be really, really good. Because that's where guys like Giannis and Devin Booker and Clay Thompson and like there's yeah. there's going to be one of those guys. There's going to be Jokic was I believe in the second round when we were talking about those. Yeah, I think forty years. something. Yeah, forty they, something. I get it that when that when Wembenyama is there, grab it. But beyond that, I'm not hearing anybody that's like this guy is a can't miss slam dunk going to happen. We're going to trade. Good, good luck with that. Well, I, listen. On top of that, let me just use as an example Zion. Zion's amazing, but he can't but he can't stay on the court. That that was a no brainer number one. And then yeah. a couple a couple years later, you're at least saying to yourself, "I hope this man is healthy enough to stay on the court." I want to go back because. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is right. Jaw was number two behind Zion, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And and I'm with you that Zion was the universal number one pick in the draft, and everybody probably would have made it the same. But that's one of those when you look back at it, it's like, okay, hold on a second. Zion was out of shape as a teenager. Zion is going to get paid and become even more famous than he already is. And he just his body type lends itself to guys that put on weight that has been what's been part of the problem, that he's had a long injury history despite not playing very many games, is yeah. not – I think you do it anyway, Slee, but with Morant, obviously has a different set of problems, but it's not that he never plays. It's that he does stupid blank. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the difference is one, one guy can't get on the floor because he's injured, and the other one can't get on the floor because Adam Silver is about to serve him with a suspension <laughs> swing, swing the for the second time in two months. Stupid. NBC and NBC or NFL and NBC Universal jointly announced on Monday that beginning this coming season, there will be a wild card game airing exclusively on Peacock, the streaming platform. And according to the Wall Street Journal, that deal is worth about 110 million bucks for one playoff game. Does this not bolster my argument, Al, that um, the NFL wants to put a game every on every night yes. of the week. They, they're getting one-offs that are getting – and I get it, it's a playoff game, so it's yeah. important, but $100 million for a game? I mean, why wouldn't you want your stuff on TV every night? There's got to come There's got to come a point with the NFL. It's just like we don't have to do anything anymore. We just literally have to show up to the party, and people are just – every network's going to be throwing money. Everybody's going to be competing for our services. That's in, that's insane. 110 mil. There was another story. The Jets are going to play on that Black Friday game, right? The night, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That they want to be the home for that game, just like the Lions and the Cowboys are the home on Thanksgiving. That the Jets want to be the home for the Black Friday game. Mm. I know you hate the Lions game. How do you feel about the Jets hosting the Black Friday game? Um, yeah, I don't want to give it to them. I don't want to give it to them. <laughs> Nine out of ten times, Jets aren't going to be competitive. They're not going to be good. Now, will I tune in? Probably. <laughs> of course you will. But I would, I'd prefer that it's not them. All right, you're, you're, you're Roger Goodell. Who gets the permanent spot on Friday after Thanksgiving? Friday after Thanksgiving, permanent spot. I'm going to look at franchises that I know have been – that are always competitive. So right out the gate, I'm thinking of teams like the Ravens. I'm thinking of teams like the Steelers. I'm thinking of teams like the Patriots. Um, I got I one need, for you. I need a franchise that I feel good that they're going to be competitive. I got The Steelers is really interesting, but I want to mix it up because you've got the upper Midwest in Detroit. You've got the South slash Texas in Dallas. That if we're not going to go to the East, let's come out to the West – what about the Niners? Big fan base. I, I actually that's a that's a perfect one. Right? That's a perfect one. Doesn't yes. that feel like that belongs in there that the 49ers just kind of 
They're almost always competitive. They've, They've got, got great fan. history, it's, great fan base. Yep. It's pretty, right? Like just the, mm. the, the visuals of – I know that they play in San Jose or Santa Clara or whatever it is. Santa Clara, yeah. The, the visuals of the Golden Gate Bridge, the Bay Bridge, the, the, all of the Alcatraz and everything that comes along with it, it just looks good on TV too. That, that You beat all of mine. That, that's, that's the winner, the yep. San Francisco 49ers. That's a really good one. Let's do a little Supercross talk. Woo, 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 woo. All right, John, so you're still in Denver, obviously, with Al. Um, Mace, Slee says to me, hey, you got to ask Ireland about this when we do Super Cross Talk. Okay, what's going on? Slee, do you want to set it up again? Because th- this was your first experience there. John, he was saying that you guys are basically like in the belly of the beast when it comes to Denver fans. You're the only media members in your particular spot. Yeah, well, it, and, it, and it, it's kind of, this is a little bit inside, but we're not supposed to be where we are. Huh. Um, we're we're super high up, but because ESPN Radio is doing all these games, they took our courtside spot. Oh, and so you, the rule is in general that you're supposed to treat the visiting team as good as you treat the home team in terms of radio. Right. But in this case, the Nuggets ignored that, put their guys courtside, and stuck Slee, Michael, and I literally on the roof. Wow. But uh, we, we, we are not complaining. We're making it work. But if you're looking for another reason to root against the Nuggets, there's another one. Yeah, screw them. <laughs> screw yeah. them. Well, it's also Mace getting in and out of there. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just – John, it was I'm, – I'm basically telling myself I'm one step away from falling onto the table and taking out the entire broadcast. Really? It's that – yeah, and there aren't actual seats. It's a bench, and so no. The- <laughs> this is getting worse the more you describe it. The bench is uh, Jesse, our engineer, Slee, me, and then Michael, basically sitting on top of a printer. Wow! <laughs> and uh, but uh, you know, I'll say this, I, Slee. I don't know if you agree with me. I woke up this morning. It, it was just an unbelievable game. Oh, I, the atmosphere it, is one amazing. of the one of the most spectacular, star-studded. Uh, performances I've ever seen. Think about this. LeBron was one assist away from a triple-double, and no one noticed. Yeah. (laughs) Because Jokic was so unbelievable, and AD actually ended up outscoring him. And and both teams shot 55%. Yeah, yeah. And and the Lakers had – I I know this sounds crazy, and you guys are all going to say, well, Ireland, you're just being a homer. I know the Lakers lost, but I feel great about this. So th- this is no, where I want to start, I, I John. Think this is big. The, you, I, I heard the promo that you made. I heard what you said. Al and I have been saying the same thing today. That this was it was the oddest thing to have a game that felt like two or three different times they were going to get blown out. Sure, not well, just was, lose. they were down oh, twenty. They were something. on their way, Travis. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Two or three. It, it yeah. felt like there was a couple, at least at least three different times where it's like, all right, this is going to be a 25, 30 point night. Right, and, right. And just you know, when do you get LeBron out? When yes. do you get AD? I was out? thinking like, when, that. When do you when do you flip over to the Dodger game for those of us that are that, sure, at, at home? Sure. And they just kept hanging around, and then they got a little bit hotter. Denver cooled off a little bit. I, you, you correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't remember a game that the team we all wanted to win lost, felt like they were about right. to get blown out, and everybody's like, yeah, no, I feel good about what no, happened I mean, yesterday. That, obviously, the Lakers learned some stuff uh, in that comeback, and they also pierced this Denver inevitability thing that they must have been feeling. I mean, or they, invincibility. Invincibility, yeah. yeah. Um, invincibility. Now Denver says, oh, no, they were able to chip away on us. Uh, they're going to play with us. They, w- this is going to be a real series. Had they been blown out by 25 points, I think Denver is rolling confidently at that point. 
And there were so many things late in the game where, and Michael actually said it in the broadcast. He said, if Denver loses this game, oh, yeah. it It'd will be over. cripple them. Mm. Yes. yes. It would have been There has been no, and, and all three of us, me and Slee and Michael, were all saying the whole night, we have never felt like the Lakers are going to win this game. It just yeah. seemed like Denver's game from the beginning because they got off to that unbelievable start. And then once the Lakers started making adjustments, you thought, okay, which one of these is the better team now? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell anymore. And I'm fascinated to see what's going to I think they – do you guys agree with me? they got to start Rui. Yeah, they Rui's, go, Rui's got to go start. small anymore. No, I mean, the part of it that bugged me was – it, obviously, the first quarter, I think they were out rebounded a hundred to three or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty so, close, uh, right. and and they it, it was in part because of that small lineup. And then Darwin came back with a small lineup to start the second half, which I didn't understand at all. Right, I think you. I, I I didn't understand, Mace. You're you're right that the lineup that they started yesterday was a lineup that they had against the Warriors because the Warriors basically had four guards out there. Yeah. So I don't think we're gonna see it again, but. I'm with you. That was a that was a little confusing, especially in, in John. We we're looking at end of the first quarter. I'm like, I gotta look at it. Is it 22 to six in rebounding? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was 10 to one in offensive rebound. Uh, offensive rebounds. They gave up 72 points in the first half. That was just that was really odd. And you got Lakers, a guy like Austin Reeves trying to guard Michael Porter Michael Jr., Porter. who's yeah. like He's five inches five taller. Inches, yeah. yeah. John, is there? A- is there a time that you remember? I mean, you, there you can lose a playoff game and feel like, all right, we're still in the series, not a big deal. It's just it's one game and you move on. But is there another one you remember where people were as bullish on the losing team after a game? No, and it's because of the comeback. Now, what I what I want Laker fans to be aware of though is they're gonna the the Nuggets are gonna adjust too. Mm-hmm. Sure, and and Jokic is like a basketball genius. He's unbelievable. So, by the way. Can you guys explain, if you were explaining Jokic to someone who'd never seen him play, you would say, well, he can't jump. Nope. <laughs> he's not fast. Nope. He's kind of dumpy. He kind of looks awkward. He's kind of a loaf-looking yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. He, he uh, looks like a loaf. He has the same body right. fat as me. Type yeah. Of yeah. Like yeah. Bananas, same, he, same BMI. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and you say, well, is he is he like a freight train like LeBron? Does he like get out on the brick? No. Um, well, then how does he do what he does? He's just like unbelievably smart and knows exactly what his limitations are. And and the, the amazing thing about him is he doesn't care if he assists, if he scores, if he gets a rebound, he'll tap it to the net. He's completely unselfish. He you know Trav, you know who he is? Mm. He's Bill Walton. Bill Walton yeah. is the Bill Walton yeah. is the comp, I think. I, yeah. And, yeah. and Walton was I never saw Walton at his peak. Great I, I only remember Walton kind of as the clipper slash Celtic where he was hobbled and everything else, but was always a great passer, very, very smart. But in my mind, wasn't Walton a lot more athletic than Jokic? Yes, and ran the court better. Yeah. But but it, okay, so I said all those negative things about Jokic. He's still he'll get a rebound and bring the ball up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's just he'll drop threes. I mean, he he had that one crazy well at the buzzer three that uh, went well, in. Mace, I mean, okay, so that's, prayer, that's when you thought. And prayer. I loved Anthony Davis looking at what him. What are you going to do? Like, I said that yeah. to Slee last yeah. night. All right, so think about this: the Lakers lost by six. Yeah. Okay. By the Take way, the away, line was six and a half. Yeah, you 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 made it a little mythical money. Yeah. Uh, the, but think about it. Jokic doesn't hit that three you're talking about, yep. which was a complete prayer. AD defended And then it didn't Murray have another one? Right. That was the like next that? possession. Yeah. LeBron did the same thing, played perfect defense, and because he had the shot clock expiring, Murray had to throw it up, and it went in. Those shots don't go in, and they shouldn't have. Lakers and, win. 
And we're going overtime. Yeah, I mean, it's now if I'm being fair, Austin oh, yeah, Reeves, right. Austin Reeves banked in a three in the first half, so we had a lucky one too. But, but I'm just saying, like that mad scrum where, um, where it looked like they were going to call a jump ball, and the Lakers had all the momentum, and and KCP comes out of there with it, no whistle, throws it ahead to Murray, and he throws it to Gordon. And Sleel back me up on this. The building just exploded mm-hmm. when Gordon threw that in. I mean, it took it took the Nuggets from being on their heels yep. and scared to oh, okay, we just got momentum back. And I really thought with three minutes to go, if you if you go back and listen to me call those last three minutes, I thought the Lakers were winning the game. I thought they had all everything in their favor. Austin Reeves has found his shot, and I thought they've got this figured out, and they just ran out of time. And LeBron took a terrible shot. Yeah, a terrible shot. That's well, a, just a, wish, just a bad shot. I think the shot. Nuggets baited him into that because mm. Reeves had hit two in a row. And if you go back and look at that play, they left LeBron open at the three-point line and kind of dared him to take that and stayed on Reeves. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take the three, Reeves would have been the right guy to take the three, but sure. LeBron should have taken the, the ball to the basket well, that's the thing. and potentially drawn the foul. In the last 20 years, has there been anything that's more unguardable than LeBron with a head of steam going to the basket? Yeah. Okay, but think about this, guys. If he does that, all right, we were down three, Yep. and I think there were 20 seconds left. Mm-hmm. So we're playing the foul game at that point. Yes. I think they let him go to the basket and dunk it, and so now we're down one. And we foul him. And the Nuggets were just great at the free throw line all night. So I don't – eventually we were going to have to take a three. So if that was an open three, I can live with it. Um, that was it just, so early in the clock. They played – Way too early. They played so bad at the start of that game. It yeah. was so unlike the Lakers have been in the – play. they've been the best defensive team in the playoffs, and they gave up 72 first half points. Was it altitude? Was it just they got no. ambushed? Was they – did the yes. effort not there? I mean, The no. matchups weren't right. That's part I, of it. The matchups weren't right. That's, fair. I agree That's with that. fair. And the other thing was, I, Slee, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I've ever seen a team more ready to start a playoff they hit game everything. than Denver was. They, were, they came out and just, they were, even on shots where they were running to the basket and getting dunks, if the first guy didn't dunk it, there was another guy right behind him, yeah. like ready to follow it up. They just played great. You know what I loved about that last night was, uh, you know, when the Lakers play, they often have shirts on the chairs, you know, gold shirts or yeah. towels or whatever. And, you know, the people, the cool kids on the court side, they never wear the shirts. Well, because they're wearing a $400 Tom Hardy <laughs> t-shirt. Right. In Denver, <laughs> there were courtside people wearing those ugly maroon t-shirts. They actually put them on. <laughs> Right. That's the difference. That's what you do in not in, LA. Exactly. That's yeah, a non LA thing. In New York, they're not putting on the t shirt. No. In Los Angeles, they're not putting on the t shirt. Mace, My, are you are you a mascot guy? Because I think this goes right into it as well, right? Trav, you were yeah. saying that certain markets they're not messing around with a mascot. Yeah, yeah very ours, few sure, big yeah. cities mess Denver with Denver has a good mascot. They, they, they get, do. Rocky is but awesome. Denver should have a mascot. Denver should be wearing the T-shirts. Right. L.A., Los Angeles, Miami. We'll we'll be mascotless. We'll be T-shirtless. Right. We'll, just, we'll let Jack Nicholson and Denzel Washington be the eye candy for the Yeah, night. exactly. Right. Their crowd was insane, you guys. And I hope if you have tickets to Game 3 on Saturday or Game 4 on Monday that you're bringing it because they – I mean, part of it was they haven't had home court advantage against – they've played the Lakers seven times in the playoffs. They're 0-7. Uh, they've never had home court in any of the seven series. This is the eighth. It's the first time they've had home court. It's the first time they've been a number one seed, and their crowd just ate it up. Yeah. They, they could not they, – they were – we looked around at one point, Michael and Slee and I looked around, and there were zero empty seats, like none, anywhere in the whole building. And they were all standing up the yeah. whole time. By, by the way, crazy. didn't it feel like they were – last couple of minutes left, 
Nuggets were feeling some of that pressure. They, Their crowd they up was like feeling crazy. that pressure. Everyone was just like, wait a minute. We They played basically 44 minutes of good basketball, and they're about to lose it in the last four I minutes. think that's one of the takeaways, Al, is that once it got tight, the Lakers were far more comfortable in that environment than the Nuggets were. You, the, the Nuggets looked like this is the first time we've been squeezed in a really long time, and they didn't quite know how to respond to it. That that play you were talking about, John, where the little scrum under the Lakers basket and then the Nuggets get a run out and a lob and a dunk to kind of ice the game at that point. They were so nervous prior to that that the Lakers get that ball, even if it's a jump, even if the Nuggets get the ball back and have to run another possession, I don't think they get a bucket right there. That felt like everything, mostly because – of how tight Denver had played for the previous yeah. three or four minutes. Well, I thought I, I was in the elevator with a couple of the coaches last night after the game, and I thought that they were going to say rebounding is the, the one major thing that they have to fix. But they both said transition defense is got to. They get weren't better. getting back weren't. on transition defense. Van Gundy was six. hammering them on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, nineteen to six Denver. But in the second half. That basket trap that you're talking about was the only one they got. Yeah. So it was all in the first. The Lake, whatever adjustments the Lakers made at halftime, they all worked. And I'm with you guys. I don't know why they they started the small lineup to start the second half. Yeah, and, that just didn't make any sense to me. But once they once they figured it out, like towards the end of the third quarter, when they went on that 11-0 run, yep. and then Jokic, it, 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 I I couldn't believe when that three went in because yeah, it I took know. the lead from 11 to 14. And so we start the fourth quarter down 14, and I kept saying during the games, I, I go, folks, I know it sounds like this game's over, but it's not. I, I, I can tell. The Lakers are making uh, hay here. They figured some things out. Jokic has calmed down. Uh, AD is, is unstoppable yep. offensively. And I think the Lakers have a real chance here, and they just ran out of time. Well, that whole idea of these two guys are going to cancel each other out, there no. was never a better example than last night when AD and were both Jokic were both unbelievable and canceled each other out. So what happens tonight when Slee shows up at your fancy dinner, John? Oh, is he? did, did he get into the Michael Thompson dinner? Slee is, Slee is in. Uh, Michael's brother Andy had to drop out. He had to go home. Oh, so Slee gets the seat. So Slee, does Slee pay for himself? Does he no. have to pay for the table? Does no. he get the first one on the house with you guys? Is, Slee is about to realize what I've known for about five years. Michael Thompson's the most generous person in the media. Oh, and no one that's else, nice. No one else is even close. That's nice. He, Michael nice. won't let you pay. What if he asks for pay. two checks? <laughs> yeah, why, why don't you why don't you Venmo him forty bucks after dinner? <laughs> he, he Michael, let me pay. Venmo you. No. I didn't have any of the appetizer, so I'm just. Gonna um, chip I, in. Didn't, you have a, I didn't have a. I didn't have a. I didn't drink tonight. I didn't drink any of the so, wine. So put the. Well, doesn't like everybody have a friend like this? Like we're describing. I, I like my. I have a friend in high school that fits this to a T. Like yeah. My my share was seven dollars and fifty cents, oh, and I only had one beer. Yeah, so uh, I didn't have an appetizer, and I didn't drink, and therefore my and it's like, like, oh, you're a pain in the everybody's ass. Everybody's throwing in a credit card, and we're spending yeah, it evenly. Yeah, exactly, tough, you know that's what. the way it goes. <laughs> Super Cross Talks, powered by In and Out Burger. That's what a hamburger. 